This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I still feel led to stay on the series of the power of thankfulness. How many people have been getting a revelation that having a thankful attitude uh, can ignite your faith? Amen? And I really believe that, that if, if we learn to be thankful, it can bring us out of any situation, any bad situation what we may find ourselves in. Do you believe that today? And I believe that, that today the, 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 the subtitle is uh, Thanksgiving, giving glory to God. And I'm telling you, God wants us to give Him glory. Amen. Uh, we are. Uh, uh, we have some uh, foundational scriptures that we've been going with on the series in First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Uh, it should come up on the screens if you have your Bible. You can turn there, and it says here. But thanks be to God who sometimes gives us the victory. That's right. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So who gives us the victory in this life? God, amen, Jesus, he gives us the victory, amen, and, and, and uh, it says, but, be, but thanks be to God, so we, so we know this, that when we thank God, we're always giving God credit for the good that happens in our lives, we never give God credit for the bad, amen, no, you know, you know the bad comes from, he comes from the enemy, Amen. So we know that all good gifts comes from God, the Father of lights, where there's no shadow of turning. So, so when something bad comes, we don't, we don't blame God for the bad. No, no, it's either the enemy or we have opened the door somehow. And so say it out loud with me. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It sounds good, huh? And so the second verse that we've been going with is 2 Corinthians 2, 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. So we see here that thanksgiving always causes us to triumph. In other words, there's no losers in God. Uh, you're not, there's no losers that, that's walking with God, that's giving thanks to God. You, you're not in the losing camp, glory to God. You are, it brings you into the winning camp, into the triumphant camp. Can I get a witness in the house today? So now say this out loud. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. In other words, thanksgiving gives us a victory attitude. And when we have a victory attitude, wherever we go, people are going to see that in us. They're going to see that victory attitude and they're going to want to be around us. In other words, we give off a, uh, you know, a fragrance in the spirit. And I'm telling you, when you're negative, you give off an odor in this I'm preaching today. If we're negative, if we're, if we're downcast, if we're depressed, if we're talking about the problems of life, we give off a negative odor. But when we're talking about the greatness of God, 
We're talking about the love of God. We're talking about all that God has done, all that he's doing and all that he's going to do. It, it, it brings a, a positive, refreshing um, a fragrance in the atmosphere. Amen. Do you believe that today? And so I really believe that we're down here on earth. We're, yes, you know, we're going to encounter trials. We're going to encounter tribulations. Jesus said we won't escape those things. We're going to have some troubles down here on this earth. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. Why? Because he has overcome this world and we can overcome this world. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so we can overcome this world no matter what you're dealing with. You are a overcomer. So let's look at some scriptures that, that kind of backs up these two scriptures. And it's all through the Bible. Thankfulness, again, it, it, it's an ignition to great faith. I'm going to say that again. Thankfulness is, ignites great faith in our life. Unthankfulness does the exact opposite. Amen. In other words, unthankfulness is, is a, a person that's focused on the wrong things. Maybe people that are focused on things that aren't going right. And then they start to doubt. And what happens when you doubt? You do without. Amen. What happens when you praise? You be raised. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Amen. I'll have somebody else write my jokes. Amen. So Ephesians 5.20 it says, given thanks always for all things. Given thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we want to give thanks for all things. All things. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah. Amen. So, so you may ask, well, what's the will of God for you to give thanks? Yeah. Not, not for all things. You don't give thanks for the sickness. You don't give thanks for the car accident. You don't thank God that you got into a car. But you can thank God that he can give, give you wisdom that you walked away from the car accident. You can thank God for, for what had not happened. But you can thank God that God brought you through it. Amen. And that he's bringing you through it. Amen. So we, we, we thank God uh, uh, in all things, but not for all things. Amen. In Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Walk in him. Being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. So how do you walk in Christ? You know, the, um, you know, what we're dealing with all the time is walking either in the spirit or walking in the flesh. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? And I, I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the spirit. I want to walk in the spirit. And when you walk in the spirit, you walk in victory. So, so we see here that, that, that our faith is established when we abound in thanksgiving. So it, it keeps us walking in the spirit. Amen. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. And so what I'm trying to do is trying to stoke you up this morning, get you excited about walking in thankfulness, 
But in, when you walk in thankfulness towards God, you're walking in the Spirit. And if you're walking in the Spirit of God, you're walking in life and peace. How many people can stand some more life and peace? Uh, amen. I want some more life and peace. So how am I going to be able to walk in that life and peace? Because, because there's things always happening day to day that can cause us to lose our peace. That can cause us to lose our joy. But there's always opportunities out there. But don't take that opportunity to lose your joy. Amen. Continue to give God thanksgiving no matter what it looks like. In Colossians 3.15 it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be what? Thankful. So we see thankfulness connects us to the peace of God in our life. And if you can stay in the peace of God, then I like to say this, that the devil can't mess with you. The devil only messes with us when we get out of peace. Amen. So we got to stay, we got to, you, you got to fight to stay in peace at times. It, it's called fighting the good fight of faith. We got to fight to stay in peace because the enemy's trying to steal our peace constantly, all the time, trying to get us to focus on the wrong things of life. But if we focus on the right things of life, the word of God, being thankful for what we have, then God will stoke up the peace in our lives. you believe that today? And then I love this in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, for uh, the Father through Him. So we see here, he's saying whatever we do, if you've got a hard task, give thanks anyway. If you've got to clean up the garage, give thanks anyway. If you've got to clean your car, amen, Give thanks anyway. If you got to do something that's not fun, give thanks anyway. Amen. Because if we do that, God can put his joy in, in, in the most drudgerous, in the most uh, toughest situations in our life. You believe that today? He can bring us joy in the lowest places of our lives. I believe that today. In Hebrews 13, 15, it says there... Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The fruit of his, our lips, giving thanks to his name. So we say here, he's, he's saying here, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. We have to continually offer the the sacrifice of praise. Why is it a sacrifice? Because not all the time we want to praise. Not all the time we want to give thanks. Sometimes we just want to grumble and complain. Sometimes we just want to vent. Have you ever felt... Now, I'm not... I understand there, there may be a time for you to vent. Amen? Uh, you know, to, 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 to tell God, listen, God, I'm going through some tough times. But your whole prayer life doesn't need to be about going through tough times. The, the, uh, David, uh, he, would, he, would, he would write in the Psalms, Lord, everybody's against me. But at the end, he would say, but God is with me. But God has brought me through. But God, he would start off 
a little, you know, maybe in the natural, but he would end in the spirit. And so you might start off, you know, in the natural. You might start off like, you know, uh, having a, a challenging day, but, but you need to end in the spirit. How? Giving thanks to God. So we are constantly walking in uh, either the spirit or the flesh. See, the carnal mind is, is walking in the flesh. And the carnal mind it does not obey the word of God or the law of God. You know, the Bible says that the carnal mind doesn't obey the word of God. And, uh, and the carnal mind is always focused on what about me and self. But the spiritual mind is always focused on others. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Again, Romans 8, 6 says, For To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, so what we have to do is we have to move into the area of, of walking in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we will see greater things. You know, I think about Abraham. He had to overcome some adverse circumstances. He was, he was facing and he was believing God for the promised child. And the Bible says in Hebrew, uh, in Romans 4, he said that God calls those things that be not as though they were. And we know that, that God spoke to Abram and changed his name to Abraham. And so what God was saying is God was calling Abram, Abraham, and Abraham means father of many nations. So what he did was he changed his name, and he changed his name to father of many nations, which, which signifies he was calling those things that be not as though they were. And when, when Abraham received that new name, Abraham, in a sense, was saying, I'm a father of many nations. And so we see this, that when you give thankfulness for the promises of God, you're calling in that victory into your life. You're saying, I thank God that even though I might be losing, it may look like I'm losing in a certain area of my life, thank God that God always causes me to have victory no matter what it looks like. In, all, in, in other words, God is working all things out for good to those who love Him and called according to His purposes. Amen. So whatever it might be a setback, it, it looked like it was a setback for Joseph. It looked like that, you know, he was in a good spot with his family. He had the coat of many colors. He had the favor of his father, but he lacked the favor of his brothers. And so we know that, it, that God was working out good things, even though bad things were happening. Joseph, you know, brothers were jealous of him, and they ended up throwing him into a pit. And then they ended up selling him into slavery. It looked like his brothers would never uh, be in a place where they honored Joseph. But just wait. Just wait. God was working things out. And we know Joseph went through a process of going to Potiphar's house, uh, working for Potiphar, being a slave in his household, and then ended up being in the prison, but ended up, ended up in the palace. Whatever the enemy meant for harm, whatever the enemy means for evil in your life, God can turn it for good as long as we keep our attitude right. 
Look at your neighbor and say, keep your attitude right. So thankfulness, hallelujah, thankfulness will keep our attitude right. Say it's an attitude test. Amen. It's an attitude test. I like what it says in Romans 4, 20, 22. This is talking about Abraham. It says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God has promised, he was able, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was accounted to him as righteousness. So we see here that Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but, but was strengthened in faith. How did he do that? By giving glory to God. How do we give glory to God? By giving thanksgiving to God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we're dealing with. We just give God praise anyhow. Amen. You know, I find myself, you know, I'm believing God. I, I have some promises I'm standing on. You know, I'm believing for my, my son. You know, he's a uh, Christian that's, that's dealing with autism. And uh, it's not easy. And sometimes he will be, you know, sometimes having a fit. And, and I just found myself this morning saying, thank you, Lord, he's healed. <laughs> I started, instead of getting upset. And says, oh, when is, when are things going to change? You know, when are things going to get better? You know, you know, sometimes we want to say those things. When, when is anything going to ever change? No, I found myself this morning saying, thank you, Lord, for healing Christian. Thank you. Every time he acts, thank you, Lord. Every time you get a pain in your body, thank you, Lord. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Are you hearing what I say today? It says, oh, my, what is that? Oh, Lord Jesus. You know, no, no. Start thanking God. Start praising God. Why? He's working in your bodies. He's working on your circumstances. He's working on your situation. Maybe you have a financial deficit. He's working on getting some. He's El Shaddai. Thank God for being El Shaddai in your life. Thank God. Amen. That he can bring in the finances. He can bring in the blessings. Amen. You start thanking God and you're going to see more and more uh, of God's blessing in your life. Now, let's look at a story here. Let's look at an account here in Luke 17. We're going to be reading through 11 through 14. And this is talking about uh, Jesus and he's on the scene and, and there's 10 lepers that uh, that's crying out to Jesus. And they're believing they're believing for healing. And it says now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Talking about Jesus. Then he entered Jesus, a certain village. There met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, notice they stood afar off. The reason why they stood afar off, because they weren't allowed to mix with people in the community. And they they were outcasts. They, they, they were They were... You know, if you had leprosy, you, you only could mix with people that had leprosy. You were, you were in the class of the sick. And so, so they were far off with their voices lifted up. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priest. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Amen. 
this is powerful. Uh, they obeyed this command of, of, of moving towards the priests. The priests, uh, they were sort of kind of like, in a sense, they, they had the ability, they were kind of like doctors in that day. They can examine people to see if they were healed. And the priests had the ability to release sick people that were in the sick communities back into the, the regular population. And so while they were standing there, notice this, uh, Jesus said, go you know, to the priest as an offering. Now, it's interesting, as they were standing there, before they moved, there was no apparent evidence that they were healed. There was no, you know, they, they could have looked down at themselves and saw no apparent change. And their carnal minds could have reasoned it out. Why do I need to go to the priest? I, you know, I, I'm not healed yet. I'm still standing here. I'm still sick. Why should I move out? And the carnal mind uh, will try to evaluate if God is moving. And you can't evaluate with the carnal mind if God's moving. And so, and so the spiritual mind would say, trust and obey because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. So we must trust God when his word tells us to do something. He will bring life, health and blessing to us in the right moment. The word tells us that they went and they were healed. They believed they were healed before they went. So they were walking by faith and not by sight. And I'm going to say this, that when you're thanking God, even though you're not seeing it yet, I'm saying it. You're not seeing the provision yet. You're not seeing the healing yet. You're not seeing the restoration yet. You keep thanking God and you walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I remember Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen was, you know, he, he was uh, a sickly uh, boy uh, as a child in his teen years. He had a deformed heart and he had an incurable blood disease. Uh, Brother Hagen was born as a premature baby. Uh, when he was born, they thought he was dead. And then they found that he was breathing and they fed him with an eyedropper. And, and, and so he was a preemie baby, he had a lot of problems. And then, then the doctor said he wouldn't, he wouldn't live past 16 years of age. And so, and so he ended up, in his, when he was 15, he ended up bedfast. And he was in his bed, uh, sick, could barely move, partially paralyzed, waiting to die. But, you know, he started reading his Bible. And he started believing God that he was healed. He started calling those things that be not as though they were. He started speaking to the mountain. And, uh, and so he was in bed and, and one day he said to God, God, I believe I'm healed. Why am I not healed? And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, listen, if you are healed, you would get up. You would get up. In other words, like the leopards, you need to move out on your faith. And so, and so Brother Hagin said, okay, I'll get up. And so he struggled. He threw his legs across the bed. He, he got up and he, he was laying in bed. Now, get this. He was bed fast for many months. So his body was weak. Uh, he was skinny. He, he, he didn't, hadn't used his muscles. 
And, and, and as he got up uh, and trying to push himself up, the, the thought came, you're going to fall on the floor and you're going to be laying there for hours before anybody sees you. See, the enemy will always try to come against your mind. The carnal mind will always try to make you reason things out. And so he just said no, and he, he did whatever he could. He pushed himself off the bed. He was able to stand up, and he felt led to say glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and he said he never heard anybody say that. He, he was never in a church service where they taught about praise and worship. And so, and so he started saying glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why he was, why he was getting up, standing up, all of a sudden the power of God hit him. And he said it felt like honey that was pouring down from the top of his head and started running all down his body. And his body became, became strong and strengthened. And he started feeling, he started feeling his legs. They were partially paralyzed, like, like a thousand needles hitting his legs and his body. And he said, even though it kind of hurt, it hurt so good. Especially when you don't feel anything. And God raised him up that day. But what, what did he do? He started thanking and praising God before the manifestation of the promise hit him. What am I saying? I'm saying we need to start praising and thanking God. We need to start worshiping God, giving God praise. Amen. So when we see the leopards, they got healed when they went. And as we consistently thank God for his promise, even though we can't see them, they will become realities in our lives. Do you believe that today? Now, let's look at the rest of this account. In Luke 17, 15 and 16, it says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. This is, re- this is really interesting. This man had genuine gratitude for what Jesus has done. He expressed his gratitude through a loud voice of thanksgiving. I'm telling you, when, when God does something amazing in your life, I, I really believe you should shout God's praises to the world. Amen. And he expresses thanksgiving with a loud voice. I, I heard one story of the, these the young, fired-up teenagers that was worshiping the Lord in the service. And this uh, older man was there. You know, he's been in the church for a while. And he, he, he saw him. He was an elder. And, he, and they were loud and, and praising God. And he said, boys, you know, God is not hard of he- hearing. And they shouted back, but God's not nervous either. So what am I saying? We need to, we need to get loud for God. God's not nervous. About, I really believe that heaven is a loud place. I believe that heaven is a jubilant place. I believe that, I believe that there's, there's all kinds of singing and praising and worshiping going on in heaven. I believe that today. And I'm telling you, we just need to get loud for Jesus. We need to get loud. Amen. And so the man was crying out with a loud, loud voice in sincerity of heart. Think about this, guys. Uh, you know, this man was a leper. You know, he, he was... Uh, you know, segregated from the population. This man probably, you know, had a wife, had a family, and he, and he probably hadn't seen them possibly for months or years. 
And so, and so think about this, that, 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 be, that, that it was like him winning the, the mega ball lottery when he received Christ's uh, healing anointing on his life. He couldn't help but worship and praise God. And so it changed his life. I'm saying this to you this morning. God is changing us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And the more we acknowledge it, it the greater grace we're going to walk in. Now let's read this again. And one of them, when he saw them, he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, fell down on his face, as he, giving him thanks. Giving. Notice this. That he, 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 that's the definition of giving him glory. It's giving thanks to God. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleans? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So we see this man, a foreigner. Uh, it's interesting that, that the other nine, he, he, this was the tenth man that gave glory to God. But what happened to the other nine? Why did they come back? Well, they may have been Jews. And they may have felt entitled. Hey, I'm preaching today. They may have felt entitled to their healing. They may have had an entitlement attitude that, hey, we're part of the covenant of Abraham. We're entitled. And I'm going to say this, that we got to be very careful that we don't have an entitlement attitude. That we deserve, I'm preaching today. That we deserve the promises of God. Oh man, I deserve it. I, I go to church, I tithe, I, I pray three times a day. I, that, didn't the Pharisees do that? They, they said, I pray, I give a tithe of everything and all that. And, and, but they were religious, but they had no relationship. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need to understand this, that, that, that we can't turn the, great, uh, you know, the blessings of God into an owe me show to God. In other words, those, those nine that did not give glory to God, they were probably entitled thinking that, that they deserved it. But this man, a foreigner, amen, he, he didn't believe, he, he just believed in the grace of God, amen, and he, and he didn't go with, well, God owes me this, amen. And I like this, it says here, that, that in Luke 17, 19, he said, and he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made thee whole. So it, it seems as if that, that the thanksgiving on the end part of it, you know, I've been preaching that the thanksgiving needs to be on the beginning, and it should, should be on the beginning, but it also needs to be on when God does something for us. Amen. It has to be on the end as well. So praise needs to be in the beginning, it needs to be, thankfulness needs to be in the middle, and it needs to be on the end. And we see here that this man was made whole. In other words, some theologians say that leprosy will, will eat your flesh. And sometimes you'll lose maybe an ear or, a part, or, or some fingers or your nose. But, but some, some theologians say when he was made whole, in other words, every body part came back. I'm preaching today. In other words, it was as if he wasn't touched by that disease. Can you go through something? Go through something traumatic in your life. And can God restore you to a point where as, as if you have never been touched by that thing? 
can you can you go can you be restored to such a point that it is as if you've never been through it I believe you can uh, it will become like a distant memory Amen. God can heal you and deliver you. I like what the Young's uh, literal translation says. It says, and he said to him, have, having risen to be going on, thy faith have saved thee. Having risen, be going on, thy faith. It's kind of written a little weird. But thy faith has saved thee. So, so, so you could say also that those nine got healed, but this man not only got healed, made whole, but he got saved. So I'm going to say that it's good to be healed. It's good to get a miracle, but it's better to get saved. In other words, this man not only got healed, made whole, got set free, but he got salvation too. Glory to God. So his thankfulness brought him in to salvation. Remember the the, the man that was uh, on the cross uh, with Jesus? Jesus was between two thieves. And one of the thieves said to Jesus, uh, uh, stood up for Jesus and, and, and called Jesus a righteous man. With, when the other thief was saying, Jesus, if, if you're truly the Savior, won't you take us off the cross? And that one thief said, don't be saying that. This man, Jesus, is a righteous man. We deserve it. And remember that thief said, just called out to Jesus, just remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. What he, was, what he was doing was he was acknowledging Jesus of being the Savior. When we're giving thanks to God, when we're giving praise to Jesus, we are acknowledging Jesus for who he is. We're acknowledging he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, uh, you know worldly people don't give praise to God. Worldly people think that everything they do, that they're self-made people. That whatever they worked hard, and, and and God hasn't, and they believe that God hadn't given them anything. They don't realize God gave them their very breath that they breathe, and we need to get a revelation of that. That God gives us the very breath that we breathe. Now I want I want we have one more uh, account here, and I want to talk to you about Hezekiah. And it's in Second Chronicles thirty two twenty four, and Isaiah thirty eight one five, and it says, "In those days Hezekiah was sick, near death, and he prayed, and the Lord spoke to him and gave him a sign." And so we go to Isaiah thirty eight, and we found out what what happened with Hezekiah. It said, "In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet." The son of Amoz went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Well, this is pretty serious. For the prophet Isaiah to tell you to set your, your, your life in order, that means that, you know, that judgment is, is knocking on the door. And then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. And I have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. So, so Hezekiah was, 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 uh, was praying to God, asking God for his mercy. 
And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will add to you 15 years. So we see here that, that Hezekiah humbled himself before the Lord. He humbled himself. And, and you know, the prophet uh, uh, Isaiah, you know, was said, what? You know, I just gave him a judgment call. Now God is asking me to go back and change? Yeah, because not everything is set in stone. Just because you're encountering something. Maybe you did something to cause the problem. Oh, what? What? Maybe you made the mistake. Maybe you made your, you know, you made the mistake. You know, you made your bed, you got to sleep in it. Not all the time. Amen. Maybe we made some mistakes. Maybe we did something that opened some doors. But what if we cry out to God? What if we ask God for His mercy? What if we ask God to give us a little bit more time? Well, we, why don't we just cry out to God? And he cried out to God. Even though it, was, it seemed set in stone, God changed his mind. What is God looking for us? He's looking for a heartfelt person to, to cry out to him when we're dealing with circumstances and situations that we may have opened the door to ourselves. He, he's, he's looking for a heart of humility. God is looking for that heart of humility. And so, and so we have to respond to God in the right way. And so we see that, that Hezekiah was blessed. And, and we see here in 2 Chronicles 32, 24 and 26, it says, In those days Hezekiah was near death, and he prayed, and the Lord spoke to him and gave him a sign. He gave him a sign. The sundial went backwards. That was the sign. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown to him. This is interesting. For his heart was lifted up. Therefore the wrath was looming over him and over Judah and over Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. And he and his inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. What happened here? What happened? God did a great miracle for Hezekiah. God did an awesome miracle for him, giving him 15 more years. Maybe Hezekiah did some things that weren't right and judgment was there, but God lifted the judgment and gave him grace. But it says here that, that, that he did not give God, you know, uh, thanksgiving. Let's look at it in the New Century Version. It said, but Hezekiah did not thank God for his kindness because he was so proud, so the Lord was angry with him and the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Because I'm going to say this, uh, when the king is not in the right place, the people won't be in the right place. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And when the king is in the right place, hopefully the people will be in the right place because the king sets the, the things in motion. And so it says here that he didn't, he didn't thank God. In other words, he didn't reciprocate. In other words, he, 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 he didn't count God. He didn't give God glory for what God has done for him. And I'm telling you, we need to continue to thank God, not, not be uh, nonchalant when God does things in our lives. I'm going to say this, whenever anything good happens in our lives, we need to give God thanks for that. 
I'm talking about just the littlest things. Finding your keys. Maybe your car doesn't start all the time. When your car starts, thank you, God. Maybe, you know, there's areas in your life that, that, that you know, when you step on a scale, thank you, God, my weight is getting better. Whatever you're dealing with. And then, and then if you see a little win, thank God for every little win that you deal with. And when you start thanking God for just the little wins in your life, you're going to see bigger wins in your life. And so we need to get a revelation that not only thanking God in the beginning will give us the, the grace, but greater grace will come when we thank God at the end. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I want you to start practicing giving thanks to God no matter what it looks like. Start acknowledges God in your life. And if you're not thanking Him, what are you doing? (laughs) If you're not in praise and worship, what are you doing? Probably complaining. Probably uh, crying. Probably grumbling. Uh, If you're not thanking God, I'm telling you, there's going to be a void there. There's going to be a void. If you're not thanking Him, what else are you going to be doing? If you're not talking about God's goodness, you're going to be talking about the problems. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're not talking about God's greatness, you're going to be talking about all the issues that you're going through. And when we talk about the issues, we exalt the devil. Oh, I'm preaching today. We praise the devil when we talk about all the issues that we're dealing with day to day. Now, sometimes you might need to, you know, confess your sins to one another so you may be able. I understand there's sometimes you need to say, but you don't need to live in it. You need to switch and, and flip the script and go on the side of praise and thanksgiving. Praise him for just the little things. And when you do that, you'll see the grace multiplied in your lives. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And I thank you, Father, that you are so good. You're so merciful. You're so loving and kind. And we are giving you thanksgiving for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're going to do. And perhaps you're here in the audience or perhaps you're watching online and you know that this is a day that you need to take a step forward to, to receive Jesus as your Lord. You never confess the Lordship of Jesus. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So I want to give you that opportunity. I believe the, the, the Lord may be knocking on the door of your heart. And all you have to do is open that door. So just pray this prayer after me and mean your heart if you're ready to receive Christ today. Say, Dear God, I believe Jesus You died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.